Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. So excited to have you here with us on our show, Locked On Blue Devils, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also able to watch us each and every day on YouTube. Want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. On today's show, we're going to be talking about NBA Summer League and my good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast will join me for the conversation. If you haven't done so already, follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Bevels and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Let's bring in my good pal Josh Cox. And uh, here we are once again back at it with another weekly chat. Josh, so good to see you as always, my friend. Welcome into the show. Yeah, man. You know, uh, spending my time trying to catch some summer league games over the past (laughs) few days. Uh, It's down to that, right? It's down to watching summer league games. And I hope you had a good weekend. And uh, and looking forward to talking about what some of our Duke guys have done. We have 10. 10 total Duke players are playing in summer league. To remind folks out there, summer league is uh, the basketball games played by NBA teams in the month of July various sites. We're going to focus on the Las Vegas competition where all the teams are. There are NBA superstars sitting courtside at all of these games, and the games feature guys in their first and second years on the teams, and then some other guys that have been in the league for a few years but are just looking to revitalize their career. They'll sign on with the team for NBA Summer League and go right at it. So 10 Blue Devils currently participating in NBA Summer League, and Josh, it just feels like over the last five years, really, that NBA Summer League has really ramped up to where it's a huge talking point for everybody. It used to be you would only find these games on NBA TV, and now we're getting them everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's it's because we we have, in the, the sports media world, uh, we're starving for content, especially once the NBA Finals are over, once the NBA draft is over. Uh, and you're waiting for football season. I mean, you're you're really looking for content. This is a non-Olympic year, and so there's no Olympic sports, you know, necessarily taking place this summer. And and so you know, yeah, companies like ESPN are looking uh, to put something on the air, right? And so this is great. I, I love it. And like you said, um, it's become a little bit of a destination because it is in Vegas. You know, you've got your guys. You got your Jason Tatum's there. You got your your different players, your big name players, Brandon Ingram, you know, out there with with New Orleans, and and they're coming by and they're uh, hanging out, getting to know the young guys a little bit. And you know, summer league is what it is. I mean, it, it's 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 like pickup basketball with with officials and a couple of really high profile draft picks. I mean, that's really you know, in a nutshell, what you're looking at. You know, I think putting it in, in perspective, you know, many teams, I believe it's the Lakers, they already have 13 players, like, under contract. Like, they will be on that roster coming up this year. 
So, so really there's only two roster spots that are even possibly available uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, they have a summer league team of probably 15 players. And so just to put a little bit of that in perspective, you know, where we're sitting here. Um, however, it's a really good first glance at, you know, you want to take the top four, uh, you know, Ivy, Bancaro, Smith, and Holmgren. You get a really good chance. You really get yeah. a really good shot of seeing those guys. And so it's a fun time. I enjoy anytime basketball's on, man, I'll, I'll watch it. For sure. You mentioned we, we saw Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram. Kyrie Irving has even made some public appearances in the spotlight. Gary Trent Jr. has been at some of these games. Uh, and then also you got all the NBA executives and coaches. So Elton Brand and what he's doing with the Philadelphia 76ers. Our guy Martinez Poshis from the mid-2000s, Duke basketball, now in the front office for the Denver Nuggets. It's been cool to see him from time to time there at Summer League. So uh, Blue Devils are everywhere. J.J. Reddick's doing some commentary for games for ESPN. Uh, we're seeing Duke guys literally everywhere. So let's start our conversation. Ten guys competing. Five players drafted this year for Duke. The number one overall pick, Paulo, Paulo Bencaro, we're going to save him for our next segment. But the other four guys, you've got A.J. Griffin with the Hawks, Mark Williams with the Hornets, Wendell Moore Jr. with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Trevor Keels with the New York Knicks. Josh, where do you want to start first? Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk about AJ, right? Because um, AJ, they they uh, there was a minor injury from what they're saying, a minor injury, which you hate to hear that when in regards to AJ Griffin, just because of the last two years of his high school were injury riddled. Um, but it doesn't seem to be anything that they're concerned about. But, you know, it, for precautionary reasons, um, held him out. And uh, I don't think that that, that that does anything to AJ per se, as far as his relationship with the Hawks go. If you're spending a lottery pick on a guy, you believe in him. And I, I believe them when they say that this was strictly precautionary, they did not want him to risk hurting anything anymore. They wanted to fully recover. And so not really much to say uh, necessarily there about AJ um, other than, you know, we'll, we'll see come October, November about where he really is. And so you would hate to see a kid like AJ come in play summer league and really mess something up, right? Really injured, which we, we saw injuries. We saw people get dinged up throughout summer league. So let's, we can start there. All good. No problem. I wish I could have seen AJ play obviously, but no big deal that he didn't. And then also with the Atlanta Hawks, a guy going into his second year is Jalen Johnson, a former yeah. Duke blue devil uh, that you would expect to see there again, first and second year guys. However, Jalen Johnson had a little minor off season procedure. He's going to have a full recovery uh, by training camp for the Atlanta Hawks, but currently not able for competition. So uh, if we have Hawks fans that are also a part of the Duke Brotherhood, you're not getting to really see your guys in NBA Summer League. Uh, but don't fear, right around the corner, NBA training camp will be here, and they'll be with the club to start in the regular season. How about Mark Williams and Charlotte? The big fella, that's a pick that we both loved. I was uh, really hoping, that's my favorite team, and, and to see Mark Williams get to go play as a rim protector for the Hornets. They've already got Mason Plumley in the mix. And, boy, you watch him play so far in Summer League, and, and we're seeing a lot of cool block shots, which is uh, nothing new for Duke basketball fans. I mean, he, he walks on the court, and and his length, I mean, he just – it's just awkward almost at how wide his arms – his arm – you know, uh, his arms can get. Um, but, yeah, I think he actually struggled a little bit on the offensive end. Um, Mark did. I watched uh, a lot of, of his playing time, 
and um, he missed a, a lot of bunnies. And you know, I I don't know. I well, he didn't necessarily do that, at Duke. He was pretty he was pretty solid um, around the rim. So I just think that was, you know, once, once again, it, it was it was a fluke. Um, I think Mark is going to get a lot of things out. I will say in the summer league too, he was kind of competing a little bit. Is it Nick Richards, the guy from uh, from Kentucky? Um, and they they were playing him a lot as well, which is fine. Once again, that's what they're supposed to do. Um, but Mark, they, I was watching him defend the pick and roll, and he wasn't in like full drop coverage. He was in like almost a hybrid, and uh, he they, he would switch, and they would switch him onto the guard, and he would hold his own. He was hold, hold his own. Uh, against the guards and so like that's one of the you know question marks right of a of a big man in the league it's like in the pick and roll is he always gonna have to play drop is he gonna is he gonna be Joel Embiid and always be in drop coverage or is he gonna be able to come up and pressure the ball and I think you're gonna see Mark be able to do that so that's what I took from it uh I you know offense he struggled a tad bit he didn't shoot the ball well um but I think on defense you're seeing where Mark Williams is really going to be a help to the Hornets no doubt about that. I'm, I'm so excited to see him start his professional career there with Buzz City. The lobs we mentioned, we're not seeing him catching them from LaMelo Ball right now, but that's coming in due time for sure there in Charlotte. How about Wendell Moore Jr.? I mean, we're seeing so much praise. I know our buddies over at the Locked On Timberwolves podcast have been in love with what they've seen from Wendell, the coaching staff praising him. And again, that's nothing new to, to Duke basketball fans. Yeah, when you watch NBA Summer League, there are typically one or two players, you know, that you're like, okay, these are the guys, like these are the balls in their hands, like they're here for, you know, they they are a step above the other players on this team. And I won't go into there, – there are many of, of teams that I could say here are the two players, right, of this team. Well, for the Timberwolves, Wendell Moore Jr., like when the ball needs to be in someone's hand – it's in his hands. And the big guy along with him, Manot, Manot or I forget his, however you say his name, it was clear that those were the two guys the Timberwolves were focused on in summer league. And Wendell, he he was Wendell. He was explosive. Um, he was – he took care of the ball. Um, he stuffed the stat sheet. I mean, he was, you know, nine points a game, I believe, uh, close to five rebounds a game, uh, assists, steals. Like, that was just Wendell. He was being himself. And uh, and so I, I really um, I really feel like especially with the Gobert trade, right? And the fact that before the Gobert trade, we spoke about how he was going to be behind these four or five guys. That's no longer the case. You know, Malik Beasley and Patrick Beverly are no longer on that roster. And so, like, I think this is going to open up, and I think Minnesota is okay with it. That Wendell Moore Jr. is going to be a part of that rotation. Yeah, a crazy trade with Gobert on his yeah. way to Minnesota. Uh, Walker Kessler, their big that they just selected yeah. out of Auburn. The former North Carolina Tar Heel, one season at UNC, one season for the Auburn Tigers, was drafted by Memphis, then traded to the T-Wolves, and now traded to the Utah Jazz to start his career. So anyway, uh, we talk about the next guy, Trevor Keels with the New York Knicks. Really exciting news for Trevor. He signed a two-way contract. Yeah. He got his guaranteed money, which is always a concern when you're not a first-round selection in the NBA draft. And so throughout the season, he's going to get a chance to be with the big big league club with the New York Knicks and then also play for their G League affiliate in the Westchester Knicks. Uh, what have you seen from Keel so far in Vegas? And uh, pretty cool news that he did get that guaranteed contract after all. Yeah, so – Number one, you're exactly right. Congrats to him on getting that because not every not every second rounder gets that, 
And congrats to him for getting that. Um, the challenges are still very, very apparent in Trevor Kill's game. His shooting percentages in summer league were worse than college, both from the two-point area and the three-point area. But – so that's my negative. So right. That's my negative about Trevor Kills. On the positive side, he kept himself on the court because he did everything else. He was a willing passer. In fact, I saw Nick's Twitter who, you know, they can be pretty ruthless. No kidding. Um, I saw Nick's Twitter say he's not shooting the ball well. Several, several different people. He's not shooting the ball well. However, watch him when he gets in the lane and creates. And they talked about him kicking out for a wide open three on one possession. The very next possession was a lob um, when he got in the lane and 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 threw a lob to the big. Um, and they talked about how it, he can get in the lane and then what he does from there is so important. And so, like, that was good. I felt like he defended well. Uh, once again, uh, stuffed the stat sheet. I mean, five rebounds, almost three assists, almost two steals a game. Like, so at the end of the day, he's got to fix that shot. Whatever it is, man, I, he's got to fix that because the other areas of his game are like Wendell Moore Jr., right? He's going right. to play himself onto the court. But if you're shooting 30% from three-point range, you're not playing as a 6'3", 6'4 guard in the NBA shooting that bad. There's only one Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yes. The NBA can't handle more than one of them. Yeah, got to make sure you're efficient, that's for sure. But uh, good for Trevor Keels to get that guaranteed contract and hopefully Absolutely. some time uh, yep. d- developing, putting time in the gym. Now that this is your career, this is what you've got to work on, I have no doubt that, that Trevor Keels is going to be able to turn it around and, and uh, really get off to a great start. There's our first few guys coming up. There's one more player selected in this year's 2022 NBA draft. Oh, yeah, he was the number one pick out of all of them, Paulo Banquero with the Orlando Magic. What has he been up to? And more guys straight ahead here on Locked On Blue Devils. Today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Moving forward here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Josh, as we move forward, I mentioned it a moment ago, Paula Bencaro, the number one selection in this year's NBA draft, had his first game against Jabari Smith, the number three draft pick to the Houston Rockets who for about a month leading up to the draft, everyone thought he was going to Orlando and that Paulo would be playing for Houston. It flipped Paulo with Orlando, Jabari with the Houston Rockets. Paulo had 17 points in that outing compared to Jabari Smith's just 10, looked really dominant, and he continued to be dominant as well. So much so that the Magic said, you know what? We've seen a few games from you, Paulo. We don't need to see anything else. Yeah, what a compliment. Yeah, uh, no know, kidding. Uh, to Paula, hey, we saw you in two games, and we want you to sit this third one out. <laughs> uh, now, the competitiveness in Paulo 
and I'm sure Duke fans would have absolutely loved to see him go against Oklahoma City uh, and and Chet Holmgren to see if once again Paulo Banquero could outplay Chet Holmgren as he did about ten nine or ten months ago yeah. out in Las Vegas. Um, but Paulo, I don't know what to think about this man. It's like he is improved from the last game at Duke until now. And I don't know that he has per se. I mean, that's kind of unrealistic. Maybe it's just that Paulo Bencaro was built for the NBA game. Maybe it's just like the openness of the the flow of the game, the spacing. Like, I feel like Paulo was at home in these games. And like, he looked like he was built for it. And honestly, and this is nothing against Jabari Smith and nothing against Chet, but like, you have to think that Orlando front office is like, we made the right call. Like, For sure, it's a sign of right relief, call. yeah. Yeah, because, you know, when you look at the way the, the Magic are constructed currently, you have a lot of defense first guys. Jonathan Isaac, even Wendell Carter, you know what I mean? Guys like that, that they seem to be defense first. Um, uh, the guard that they just re-signed, that they got in the trade, from uh, the the Gary Harris, Gary Harris defense first kind of players. So I feel like Orlando's kind of built this, which is is great in today's NBA. Like we're gonna stop you, but th- they don't have that guy that could just go get them a bucket. And Paulo Bancaro can go get them a bucket, and he no showed it. And man, I, so not only the first game against Jabari Smith, and I felt bad Jabari Smith did struggle big time in that game, and Jabari Smith struggled actually the entire summer league. Um, but Paulo played well. But then the second game. Now, Paulo did turn the ball over quite a bit in the second game. But if you remove the turnovers, he stuffed the mess out of a stat sheet. <laughs> he had the game-winning assist. Right. Um, and that look, sudden death overtime that they do in Summer League. Um, and if you watch clips from that game, I didn't get to watch that game live. Some of the passes that Paulo made were incredible. And this goes back to a conversation you and I have had in the past that Paulo is a better creator than I think he gets credit for. Like, for sure. I think I even made the comp of, like, he's a bigger, like, built differently Cade Cunningham. Right. Like, I feel like if he was a little bit thinner or maybe a little bit more slender in his lower body, that you would be seeing people say, why is Paulo not playing the point? Like, why is he not – you know what I mean? Like, why is he not bringing the right. ball? And so, like, his court vision is so good. He can pass the ball so well. I – the man crush on Paulo is growing. It's real. Yeah. It's growing. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And he's been outstanding to watch. So much fun. And, again, it's just a true compliment that you've got these three games and then they're, we'll, we'll seed Summer League and they'll have a Summer League championship. I saw this year that they're going to give rings, championship yeah. rings, uh, to the players that, that win the event. So, uh, But the magic saying, hey, we've seen two games at Apollo. We're shutting you down the rest of Summer League because it's a big investment for them. It's mm-hmm. the number one overall pick, and they can see, yeah, this guy's good. He doesn't need anything. We're ready to rock and roll and let him, let him play in those big regular season games. One final thing, and I know we need to move on. One final thing is, you know, the whole year ESPN raked his defense at like a C, uh-huh. which I thought was always crazy. Right. But like the block, the game epic is – block, yeah. Epic. I mean, epic. And then if at you actually the – the game I watched of him, he switched on every screen and he held his own defensively. I think he's going to be fine. I do too. I do too. I do too. 
All right, uh, as you said, let's move forward here. Two more guys in our segment that we'll discuss. Again, 10 total, so we got to make our way through all these guys. But how about Jack White? He's with the Denver yeah. Nuggets. He's been playing professionally in Australia, and now he's getting a chance to uh, to play in NBA Summer League. Yeah, and also on the Australian national team. That's right. Um, you know, with our guy Tyrese Proctor. Um, yes. Ironically, yes. which is really cool. Uh, I don't Australia know how Australia has so many NBA dudes. Like if, if people oh, yeah. aren't as accustomed to the uh, international scene, like Australia has so many high level NBA players that yeah. for Jack White to now be elevated to their professional top ranked senior men's national team is huge. He's playing with all those guys uh, doing well in their, in their professional league there in Australia. And now he's getting to play with the Nuggets. Yeah, I loved that. And I loved that he got the invite and that he took it. I mean, it's like he said in one of the uh, videos he did for Duke men's basketball is that it's been a while since he's been back in the States and it's good to see him back over here. Um, yeah. And then he got, I mean, I don't know what the realistic, you know, once again with him, even with Denver. So the other thing, and you mentioned earlier about summer league, is like these guys aren't tied to these organizations for sure. uh, just because they play summer league with them. But like, and maybe this is Duke blue goggles that I'm wearing. It could be. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, no. but uh, maybe it's the blue goggles that I'm wearing. But like, if I'm an NBA exec, and listen, you know, let's be real. From 12 through 15 in your rotation, these are not guys that are going to contribute, right? They're, right? they're not. Like, you're not depending on their skill set on the court. You want guys that are going to be encouragements in the locker room. They're going to be good practice players. They're going to push the guys who are getting playing time. They're not going to cause drama. They're going to be extensions of the coach, like all those things. And then if their number's called, they can come in and they can produce if needed. If I'm an NBA exec, why why Jack White would not be on the one of the top players on my list to say, hey, we've got 14 guys. we got to get that 15th spot. You know, uh, let's start a new tradition here. We'll, let's start the heat culture tradition here in, you know, wherever. And let's bring in Jack White. You know what? Jack White's going to be our 15th guy, and he's going to practice, and he's going to push us. And he's, you know what I mean? Like, he's that guy to me. Like, he's that glue guy. I don't know yeah. that he'll get a shot, but all that to say, here's what he did do when he was the two or three games that he played. He rebounded the ball, two-hand, like, boxing out, like, the way you teach it. Right? Yeah. Textbook. He blocked shots. In fact, one of them was legit. Guy thought he had a mismatch on him, took him in the lane, thought he could hang, and Jack White stayed in the air as long as he did and smacked it back <laughs> in his face. Um, in fact, this, the last game, and I believe it was the final game that he played in, I think he grabbed 14 rebounds, if I'm not mistaken. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped for Jack White. I love Jack White. Like, he was – he really kind of goes down as one of my favorite – not the best, obviously, not best, but just favorites. Yeah. I really like him. And so I'm happy he got a shot. If not with Denver, man, I would be so pumped if he somehow made a roster. I think yeah. it's pie in the sky. I think his future is back in Australia, making good money, by the way, playing professional. Sure. Nothing sure. wrong with that. But it was just great to see him over here in summer league. He's definitely a player that grows on you. Obviously, we had the, the frustrations when when Jack had that O for three point streak back in his uh, back in his playing days. Josh, that no. was really tough for us. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you think about that number forty one jersey for Duke. Jack White's going to be one of the first guys that you think of, and now he's getting that professional opportunity. He's a ball player. At the end of the day, like he – no, You might be too young for this. Taman Domzowski, does yep. that name ring a bell? No. So he wore 41, and then he went on like a Mormon mission or something, 
and he came back and changed his number to 13. He was a he was a big gangly big man. Anyway, that was yeah. the last 41. I think of 41. It's the only 41 I can think of. And maybe, maybe one of the walk-on Davidson brothers wear 41. If I sit there and think about it, maybe Jordan maybe. or Patrick had 41. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, how about a scholarship player in Jack White yeah. donning the 41 across there his chest go. for Duke? All right, one more guy, and then we got to get to our last break of today's show, Josh. But uh, Matthew Hurt, he's with the Milwaukee Bucks in summer league. Uh, Matthew Hurt played two seasons for Duke, as we know. Uh, had a really good year his sophomore season, decided to declare for the NBA draft. Uh, a lot of people kind of questioned that decision. He was not drafted this past year and kind of had to find G League opportunities and uh, kind of have a pause in his his basketball playing career. But Matthew Hurts playing there with Milwaukee. Yeah, I think he just played one game, if I'm not mistaken. I think he played one game. Um, and he, he played some, like, minimal min- minutes. Of, he yeah. he uh, I think it was he played 12 or 13 minutes, scored seven points. Um, I think Matthew Hurt, I mean, he doesn't give me the same vibes as Jack White as far as like an incredible locker room guy. And I don't say that, I don't say that in, in any sort of like derogatory way to Matthew Hurt. Um, I just don't get that vibe from him. And I think Matthew Hurt's the kind of guy that he he will we'll probably find out that, you know, he signed a pretty decent deal with a team in Spain. Or something like that, because I do feel like he's got a Euro game a little bit. Um, and once again, there's money to be made. And when you say things like, hey, this guy bounced around the G League, like I I know they're working on it, but like that's not money. You know yeah. what I mean? That's not good money at all. And so I do feel like Matthew Hurts, the kind of guy that is gonna wind up if he wants to, wind up overseas, but he's gonna make good money and he's gonna be a good player. Like Matthew Hurts just not built for today's NBA. Um, and I, I don't know. He's like Dirk, right? He's like Dirk Nowitzki. But you got to remember, Dirk was in the league 20, 20 years ago. Right. And like if Matthew Hurt exists 20 years ago, he's playing in the league. There's no question. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just different. And so, like, no the foot speed, he can't defend. And I, I just, you know, I don't see it. I think he's going to find his spot somewhere overseas. But once again, kudos for getting the invite to the summer league. You know, Bucks are a great organization. If something ever could work out, Milwaukee would be a great yeah. destination for him. And and look, we're Duke basketball junkies, so we're going to follow along wherever his professional career That's, takes yep. him over the next yep. few seasons. What I'm thrilled about is I can't wait for this current season to get started for Duke basketball, for us to see Kyle Filipowski in a yes. Duke jersey and kind of get to see, okay, how does this equate? to what we saw out of Matthew Hurt for those years. And, again, I don't like making those comparisons until you actually see him playing college basketball for Duke. And so uh, then we'll kind of get into that. All right, our last time out, and then we come back. We've got a couple of more guys to highlight here on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Our show today is brought to you by BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. 
Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. It's available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Final few moments of today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. My name is JJ Jackson with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. A tremendous podcast that they recently had where they had an interview with Nina King, the director of athletics for Duke University. I I can't believe how great it was. I really enjoyed listening to it. Josh kind of handled the more long-winded questions and thoughtful thoughts or thoughtful remarks uh, from uh, Nina King. And then Ryan Kennedy, you know, he came in with those quick hitters at the very end, which was a lot of fun to listen to. So make sure you check that out wherever you find your podcast. Three guys left to go, Josh. We got DJ Stewart. We've got Vernon Carey Jr. and Javin Delorier. Pick one of these guys to highlight here. Yeah, I mean, Javin uh, off the top. Um, yeah. Once again, Duke fans, if you're a Duke fan, you love Javin Delorier. You know, we, we make jokes of, of Javin Delorier and like Josh Hairston and, and the their lack of shooting touch. I understand that. But uh, but their defensive prowess and their ability to board rebound the basketball, um, and that's you know that's what Javin would give you, um, and it's it showed up in his stats. I mean, he averaged two points, but he averaged six rebounds, and uh, that's that's Javin Delorier in a nutshell. And so once again, um, I think Javin's keeping that dream alive a little bit. If Javin wants to make money playing basketball, it's going to be it would have to be internationally, and uh, you know. I guess Duke fans could point back to like a Lance Thomas. Yeah. But the problem, the difference in, in Lance and Javin is that Lance developed a dead eye three point shot. Yeah. And, and in that time in the NBA, Lance was like that. He developed into that three and D guy. And that's really what he was. He had a really good run with the New York Knicks for a he number did. of seasons. He so, really yeah. did. I, I think the offensive game is kind of what separates Lance from Correct. Javin. But, boy, Javin yeah. will hustle and rebound, and he he's kind of all over the place. We mentioned stuff in the stat sheets. We're not getting near double-double range at all for Javin, but he's being productive in, like, every area of the game. He's the guy, he's the guy that, like, whatever your organization has him in to work out or play summer league or, or do whatever – He's the guy that they show his film to the guys that are making all the money and say, hey, how come this guy is outworking yeah. you for that rebound, right? Like, yeah. you know, he's that guy. But once again, my my feeling and opinion on him is if he's making money playing basketball, I don't think it'll be in the NBA. I think if he's making money playing basketball, it'll be somewhere internationally. Yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's fair. We've got DJ Stewart there with the Sacramento yeah. Kings, another guy who kind of – uh, cut his tenure in Durham short after just one season, went undrafted, played in the G League this past year for Sacramento, had the full season with them, which is great for continuity. And now he's getting a little bit of love for uh for a bit a little little bit of love for his play there in the summer league as well. Yeah, I think it does say something for the fact that Sacramento brought him into their their summer league. I mean, after playing in their G League all last year, once again, nothing's guaranteed on that. And they didn't have to do that. Um, and so I think it says something for DJ that they're very familiar with who he is, and they want to they wanted to bring him in um, for summer league. Um, with each passing year with DJ Stewart, I, I don't know that it gets better for him per se. He's not going to get any bigger, taller. He might get stronger, but he's not yeah. going he's not going to grow per se probably at this point. 
and he's undersized and a little bit under <clears throat> athletic, uh, if you want to look at it that way. Um, so, yeah, once again, he's with Sacramento as well, which is a toss-up. Um, I may a lot of people kind of like the moves that they made, and that's that's fine. I think opting for De'Aaron Fox over Tyrese Halliburton is probably a mistake, but hey, that's that's their prerogative. They did bring in Sabonis, which I think was a solid move. Uh, got rid of Marvin Bagley, which I mean, I got to be real, that's probably not a bad decision on their part. Um, even though I hope, I hope Marvin does well in Detroit, I think he will sign an extension. Um, but DJ, we're talking about DJ. Once he's just a classic DJ, average. Uh, six points a game, a little over two assists a game uh, during the summer league, and we'll see. Uh, I think in order for DJ to make an NBA roster, there would have to be some, you know, maybe some injuries or something take place that will bring him up on a two day, uh, on a, on a ten day two way contract or something, and and that will be his way into the league. And the last guy that we're discussing on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils, uh, talking about NBA summer league. Someone that uh, I've been thinking a lot about as we've been doing mm-hmm. the prep for this conversation, Josh. And, and like DJ Stewart, Vernon Carey Jr. only played one year for Duke. Vernon Carey Jr. was drafted uh, right as the second round got started. But that one season he played for the Blue Devils. Uh, we didn't have the NCAA tournament or ACC tournament back in 2020 as COVID took it away. And it truly is so funny that because we didn't have that tournament, it's hard to kind of have thoughts and remember what this guy was like because you really think of those big tournament moments for even the one-and-done stars for Duke men's basketball. But, man, was he dominant that one season for Duke. And uh, now he's getting to play for the Washington Wizards in summer league. Yeah, and he spent that season uh, in Charlotte, uh, his yeah. first season um, in Charlotte. I, I and, and we've already spoken about Charlotte. I mean, with Plumley drafting Mark Williams – Nick Richards, PJ Washington, like we could just go down the list there of who they have. And so like, I understand them not retaining him. Um, I guess the question, so number one, I think Vernon Carey is underrated. I think Vernon Carey is a, is a really, really good ball player. I think that he doesn't get the credit credit and maybe you're right. Maybe it's because we didn't get to see any sort of postseason Vernon Carey jr. Um, and we would have loved to, um, Here's my comp. You ready for my comp? I hope it's I'm not ready. a Perkins comp. All right. I hope it's not like like Chet Holmgren is Giannis comp. Um, <laughs> my comp is this: if there is a place in the NBA for like a poor man's Julius Randle, that is Vernon Gary. Vernon, he's got a shot. He's got an outside shot. Now he probably still needs to develop the three point shot, which Randle doesn't shoot that, but about he shoots that less than like thirty five percent anyway. I think Vernon Carey Jr. is has the potential of being like a Julius Randle-ish uh, talent. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to make the money Julius Randle made. That doesn't mean that he – there's probably a lot of limitations that Vernon Carey Jr. has to his game compared to Julius Randle. But they're both lefties. They're both bigs primarily that are teaching themselves how to kind of play away, away and out on the perimeter. Yeah. And I think maybe Washington – is the right spot, right? Maybe that's a spot that just you know you got poor poor Zingas there. You got some guys that like maybe could be a little bit of a mentor to him. I like Vernon Carey. I I think that his talent he deserves to be on the NBA roster. I don't know. I'm what that's totally cool like. with that comparison. I'm totally cool with it. I like yeah. it. And I mean, he averaged 11 points a game and like almost eight boards in the summer yeah. league. Like very productive. 
Yeah. I, once again, if I'm an exec, I'm like, can we? Do we want a six ten, six eleven dude that can come in and grab us eight rebounds in eight minutes? Yeah. Absolutely. No Bring doubt. it on. No so I, I'm a fan of Vernon Carey Jr. and I really hope he lands. Is it the lack of the NCAA tournament for you as well? Like, is it for whatever reason for you too? Is it kind of weird to think about his time at Duke? Yeah, it's it is. I had never thought about it until you said that. Right. But yeah. I mean, you know, we kind of it kind of finalizes people's careers. You know, especially these one and duns. It's kind of like, okay, what do we do? And, you know, a lot of times, let's face it, with Duke, it, it ends in some sort of disappointment, you know, sure. like we, we lose somewhere. But there seems to be some defining moments for some of those guys. You right. know, Jason Tatum, you know, the end of the year, that Carolina game. And then, right. but, you know, those types of things you kind of see, okay, now this is why we recruited yeah. this guy. Yeah, level. Tatum won an ACC tournament, you know, like you've Absolutely. got some yeah. form of postseason play to kind of remember Correct. with them. Yeah, And we just didn't with Vernon Carey. So, no, I, I, about like him, and like I said, I believe – there's no question he deserves to be on a roster. Ten Duke Blue Devils playing in NBA Summer League, and we discussed all of them today on Locked On Blue Devils. Again, A.J. Griffin with the Hawks, Mark Williams with the Hornets, Trevor Keels with the Knicks, Wendell Moore Jr. with the Timberwolves, Paula Bankira with the Magic, Jack White with the Nuggets, Matthew Hart with the Bucks, Matthew Hurt, excuse me, D.J. Stewart with the Kings, Javin Delorier with the Spurs, and then Vernon Carey Jr., with the Wizards. Josh Cox, it's always a pleasure to have you sitting alongside me here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you again soon, okay? Thanks, JJ. Have a great day, man. That's my pal Josh Cox. Check out the Section 17 podcast. Leave them a five-star rating and review whenever you get a chance, and they've got great things going on right now at the Section 17 podcast. Be sure to support them. That's going to do it for our show here today. We're back at it tomorrow. My buddy Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter stops by We'll talk Duke men's basketball with Ryan. And still to come a little bit later in the week, Steve Wiseman with the Raleigh News and Observer talking Duke men's basketball and a little Duke football preview one week shy of ACC kickoff to get set for the 2022 football season. That'll do it. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.